Welcome to the Christ Church Vienna podcast, gathering the theological and liturgical resources of Christ Church, the Anglican Church in Vienna, Austria. For more information about the ministry of Christ Church, visit us at ChristChurchVienna.org. You are listening to the Book of Common Prayer service from November 12th, 2023. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It can be dangerous to look for salvation, for security in the wrong places. And in fact, this is what I think the prophet Amos in that first reading is showing us. Israel's reliance on their religious practices had produced a kind of arrogance, a kind of audacity that was going to be their undoing. They were relying on good things, good things that provided a false sense of security. And so they needed to learn an important lesson. Be careful where you place your hope. Misplaced hope leads to disaster. And so be careful where you place your hope. Let's take a look at this Amos reading. The passage begins with a shocking statement. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord. This is a bit of a weak translation. Literally, it is, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why? Because they were expecting the day of the Lord, a term for the final judgment of God, the final accounting, the reckoning at the end of time when God sets things right. They were expecting this day to be a good day for them. It is immediately followed by three metaphors which communicate the surprise of this assertion. It is not a day of light, as you might expect, but a day of darkness, a day that will not end well for you. Just as tragic as it would be having escaped a lion, only to be met by a bear, so it will be for you. You may think you are comfortable now, as though you could leisurely walk into your house and rest your hand on the wall, but you are about to be bitten by a snake. And then it returns to the light and dark. These metaphors communicate uncertainty and instability, compelling the reader to pay attention. Something is terribly wrong here, and the coming reckoning is not what they think it will be. But why? Why will the day of the Lord be so shockingly terrible for them? Or more to the point, why why do they think it's a good thing when apparently it is not? What has caused them to be comfortable, confident even, in their safety and security before the Lord? The next few verses explain they were relying on their religious practices to protect them. They were gathering in both feasts and solemn assemblies, verse 21, offering all the sacrifices, verse 22, and even engaging in lively worship, verse 23. They were such proficient and extensive worshipers such active churchgoers that they had convinced themselves that they were going to do well on the great day of the Lord, that religion and ritual was enough to spare them God's judgment. Now, of course, these things, these religious practices are not intrinsically evil. Religious rites and rituals are not inherently contrary to the Lord's desires. Indeed, he instituted festivals and offerings in the Pentateuch. Rather, these religious practices alone 
void of one key thing, renders them abhorrent to the Lord. And the one thing is found in that last verse, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is a theme that Amos has been building in this book since chapter 3, but even more so, it's a major theme in the whole of the scriptures. It's part of the wisdom literature, specifically in Proverbs. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. It's part of the Psalter, for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The priest, Samuel, said to the very first king of Israel, As the Lord is great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obedience to the voice of the Lord. In short, the Lord has never wanted an empty faith. He's never wanted ceremony and ritual for the sake of ceremony and ritual. Those things are not inherently wrong, and I'm not just saying that because today is Remembrance Sunday. Rather, it's just that religious devotion was always to be accompanied by righteousness, by obedience, by a deep, meaningful relationship with God in which his word and his desires for his people are met. Piety without righteousness is empty. And more importantly, it's not going to appease a God who demands perfect submission and true holiness. So let's learn from Israel's presumption here. Let me ask you, where do you place your hope? Is it in the rituals of your worship, the piety of your lifestyle? It's very easy to get into a mindset of putting on a show for the sake of others, to be seen by others. We forget that God sees in secret. He sees the heart, that he is not fooled by our religious devotion when it is divorced from true righteousness. Likewise, we also slip into bargaining. The Lord likes our religious works, our good deeds, our obedience to his word, the beauty and emotional depth of our worship. And so we imagine that those things will make up for our sinful, evil, rebellious selves. We imagine in some kind of transactional system that the cosmic balance is in our favor. But both of these things ultimately fail and reveal us in our hypocrisy. Even if I give myself to righteousness and obedience, it ultimately undermines my claim, for I am totally unable to be righteous on my own. I shall strive for it, so as not to be a hypocrite, but true justice and righteousness are still beyond me, beyond all of us. So examine your life. Examine where you place your hope. If it is placed in your religious practices, repent before the Lord comes. If it is pinned to your piety, your devotion, or even your good works, recognize you are without sure hope. For only one man is worthy of our hope, the one man who puts an end to the need for religion, who fulfills all righteousness, who gives us hope because he died and rose again on our behalf, Christ Jesus. Paul put it like this in his second letter to the Corinthian church. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Our only shot at true righteousness is in Christ. So be careful where you place your hope. For if we are to have a confident hope, a hope that moves beyond empty religiosity to true religion in pursuit of justice and righteousness, then it must be placed in Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us hope in your Son. May we grow in our desire to know you, to love what you love, and so to worship in spirit and truth with each coming day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.